We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Welcome into the Wednesday edition of the Pack a Day podcast. I'm Steve Perch, joined as always by Dusty Evely, Sarah Kelleher. Guys, the band is back together. There's regular season football. Holy crap! We finally made it. We finally made it. Uh, Dusty, how you doing, man? I'm doing so good. I'm doing so good. We were just talking ahead of time about how hot it's been. It is just ridiculously hot here. Uh, I went, like the leaves are falling. So I'm like, oh, it falls in the air. And it's like 90 degrees with 90% humidity. Like, oh no, it's it's not here yet. But football is absolutely here. So yeah, I'm I'm just absolutely thrilled that we've got. I mean, I feel like we've been building up to this for a few weeks now. Like we're only we're only a couple weeks away from actually previewing an actual game, and we're actually here. We have a football game, and honest to God non-preseason football game tomorrow and the Packers on Sunday, man, I'm over the moon. It's been a long, long off season as they always are. I'm just so thrilled to finally be here. Sarah, how's your, how's the new apartment? Good. So pretty much settled in um, new background from Steve and Dusty's perspective for the <laughs> first time in a few years. Uh, I actually kind of have my own room to record the podcast in. It's my, makeshift office slash guest room so very nice there um and no frogs yet at least in the background (laughs) at this location um but that's to be determined but um so feeling good about the move and feeling even better that uh i'll be sitting in my new apartment this weekend watching nfl football uh it's just such a good feeling um last night i was prepping for the episode and you know, actually being able to do research and, and read previews of different games, not just, you know, Packers Bears, but other ones happening in week one as well. 
it just, I was giddy. I was like a kid in a candy shop. It was such a good feeling. This is what we look forward to every year. And then just like that, it, it's gone. And, you know, we're in end of January, February, and sad that we're heading into the dark days of the off season. So I feel really good. Glad all three of us are back uh, for this, you know, momentous occasion that we are, you know, we're always happy to get here every year. Yeah, super exciting. I mean, I, I had an awesome vacation. It was really, I haven't really taken a, a full on vacation in like two years. So it was really cool. Had a lot of fun with the kids and uh, kind of went all over in the RV. So it was really great. But I'm, I'm, I'm excited to like, just sit on a couch and watch football for like nine hours straight. Yep. And not, you know, have something Sarah made kind of joked with me. She's like, is it chilly ready yet? Is it ready? No, I got to wait till it's as Dusty said, wait till it's a little cooler. It's still like 90 degrees up here. So I need a little crisp in the air, but man, like just having football on Thursday nights, Sundays and Monday nights. Like the only thing that I have to pray for is that spectrum uh, figures out their problem, their problem with Disney and I can get ESPN. So that's my only issue that I'm waiting on. But uh, outside of that, you know, just super excited that football's back. So, guys, on that note, I don't know if you're aware, but Packers fans and Bears fans don't really get along. Gasp. It's it's shocking. What? I know. I know. The amount of shit talking that has been going on on Twitter is insanity. And it's on some level, it's like comical because a we don't really know what, what Jordan love is. We really don't. We have an idea. We hope we pray. We, you know, fingers crossed that he's going to be good, but don't know. And then there's Justin Fields. It's a really good running back. And, um, that's all we got. That's all we can say about him right now. So the amount of trash talking that's going on is pretty funny. But the thing I want to talk about is the opening line came out for the, the Packers bears game. And it is in Chicago and the Bears are favored by one point. So that means that Vegas thinks that the Packers are the better team. So, Sarah, let's get some initial reactions just to that. And like, what you're thinking, you take it anywhere you want to go. Yeah, I mean, am I totally shocked by this? No, I mean, the Bears were 3-14 and 14 last year. Not a good football team. And the Packers weren't a great football team either. And obviously, there's been a big change at quarterback. But... The Bears are still still trying to find their way, um, and I think the Packers just have more pieces, um, or at least more pieces of the puzzle. I don't think either of them have a complete puzzle yet, but the Packers are maybe just you know a little closer uh, to, to getting there than the Bears are. So I I totally get why you know they were in Vegas's eyes a, a better team despite such a big shift. Um, and we'll see what happens on Sunday, but you know I I think the Packers are probably a better team. Um, all around, it seems, you know, if you, if you look at them, look at each roster and kind of the, the matchups, they, they should win a lot of the matchups. But like you said, Steve, we don't know about Jordan Love. There, there's a lot of question marks, but uh, hopefully they're able to get it done. Yeah, I don't think it's controversial to say that the Packers are a more talented team than the Bears. Uh, like I, said, I think, I mean, if the Bears are honest with themselves and the Bears fans are honest with themselves, uh, I think they would say the same thing. The, the Bears are in the middle of a rebuild. They are in year two of a rebuild. They likely don't see themselves as being contenders for another 
two thought years. This, thought this was like year twenty of their rebuild. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm trying to be kind Ouch. Of, of this new regime. Of this new regime, and listen, maybe the clock starts again next year. If Fields is terrible, and they have to take, uh, they end up taking like Drake May or Caleb Williams or something. That's a different story. I think. I think the Packers are, and I think it's hard to make an argument otherwise. If you look at the rosters, I think they're a more talented team. There, there are uh, questions about Jordan Love. There are more questions about Justin Fields, in my opinion. Uh, and they got Justin Fields, a nice shiny new toy, and DJ Moore. Uh, but as it turns out, he is still just Justin Fields. Um, they, they, and they can't change that. So uh, I'm, I mean, it doesn't really surprise me. I think Vegas sometimes doesn't know what to do with week one lines. I don't think anyone knows what to do with what week one lines. But it doesn't shock me that they come in as a slight favorite because there's, I think there's unknowns on both sides. I think the Bears are a little bit more of a known quantity in the fact that they are not great, but trying to build towards something while the Packers are this talented team that are still somewhat unknown. So uh, it doesn't shock me to see that. Um, I, I certainly expect, you know, not stepping in anything here. I certainly expect the Packers to win this Sunday. Uh, but yeah, no, it doesn't, doesn't really surprise me at all. Did you guys see the, uh, I forget who put it together, but it was a cut up. I think it was a Bears reporter, a cut up of all of Justin Love's like dropbacks from week, I think it was week two of the preseason where he played. I don't, I don't know how to react to this at this point. You said Justin Love. Who are we talking about, Steve? I thought I said Justin Fields. Uh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it's been a long. It's, it's been a long couple of days, Dusty. As you know, I'm a little tired. I had to it's work today. Day. I haven't worked in two weeks. It's weird. <laughs> and then I had a fantasy draft that I had to do while trying to put kids to bed. Like it's been. It's been a long day, buddy. I, I apologize. Um, but of Justin Fields. All of his, uh, I believe, his week two in the preseason, all of his dropbacks, it, it, it ain't pretty. It's it real ain't bad. pretty. Like that's like love. I think there's there's things you have to project on, and like, well, he seems like he's. I mean, I watched all of his. Um, and like he's he seems like he's improving this. I like his footwork here. Like there's there's things even if you don't love, you're like he's doing some things well. That cut up was like, why did you put this out here? Why did you do this? This is awful. You don't have to look that closely to see it's bad. He's double hitching everything. He's dirting balls. He's throwing where he shouldn't be throwing. It was, I don't think he's that bad all the time, but my God, that was ugly. Yeah, very, especially, for, especially for the preseason. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Guys, let's do this. Uh, again, this year we've been tasked by talking about every single week the Packers' offense versus their opponent's defense. So that is. Packers O versus the Bears D. So, Sarah, we're going to talk to you first. The one thing that you're looking for the most in this game, uh, we're going to allow Dusty to have two things because we know everybody really <laughs> likes to hear from him. Um, so we'll start with you on the the one thing that you're looking for. Yeah, I think something that I'm curious about and will ultimately play a big role in how the offense works is just how the, they're going to utilize the running backs. Uh, you know, what do – carries look like for Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. How are they splitting the carries? You know, are they, how involved are they in the passing game? So uh, there's just a lot of question marks there that I'm curious to see how they play out. And I, I think with Jordan Love, they've obviously become a bit more comfortable with him um, and letting him sling it a little bit, but um, they might be a little conservative at the beginning and, and run the ball a bit more. Uh, so just curious how that's going to play out over all four quarters, especially I think, you know, it could, be drastically different uh, between the first and second half, just based on the looks that they get and, and any adjustments that they need to make. Uh, but that'll definitely be what I'm paying attention to the most. 
right. Uh, for me, yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a handful of things. So first of all, I'll start out. Some of these numbers came from there's a tremendous post over at Packer Report from uh, on a butcher name brother. So I'm very very sorry, uh, Diary Carragher, who's been doing really good stuff for a couple of years. Uh, and he looked at I, think, I can't remember the name of the article. Something like spoiler alert, you know what to look for in the Packers uh, game over the Bears this week. And one of the stats he threw out, I'm going to kind of go off of here, is the Bears last year used cover one and cover two on 46% of their defensive snaps, um, and actually a higher rate than that when they played against the Packers. That's the highest rate in the league. Uh, and when facing those coverages last year, the Packers attempted deep shots 17% of the time, up from 8% versus any other kind of coverage. And this is not like quarters, cover six, anything. This is just straight cover two versus cover one. So basically the Bears play a lot of it. The Packers like to throw deep against it. Uh, and a couple of the things about that, the Bears only disguise their coverage on 27% of the snaps. So that means like like basically what their safeties are looking like pre-snap versus post-snap. You have two high before the snap and then post-snap, you spin one down and you go single high. So basically before the snap, you more or less know what you're getting against the Bears from what they showed last year. And they only did sim pressure on 14.6% of their snaps. That's where like you have two guys mugging the A-gaps. This is all going to be important, I I think. Two guys mugging the A-gap before the snap, which makes you like your protection has to look at that as if they're coming. And then if they back out beforehand, you're still reacting as if there's a blitz from like a protection standpoint and even keeping guys back standpoint, even if they don't have being blitz. It's a big trend in the league. The Bears did not do that very often at all last year. So we have a team that runs a lot of cover one, a lot of cover two, doesn't like to disguise what they do on the back end and doesn't really do a whole lot of sim pressures up front. That to me says what you're looking at, this is how I would almost like simplify game plan. What you're looking at pre-snap, is what you're going to get, whether that's sim pressure, whether it's too high, whether it's single high, whatever. You go up to the line with a couple plays, which LaFleur likes to do, can, can the call one way or the other. You go up with one call versus single high, one call versus too high, and then you just go bombs away. The other thing that I'm be looking at, the Packers ran it, and this is something I don't know if they're going to be doing as much this season if this was a Rodgers or a LaFleur thing. Packers ran RPOs on like 20% of their snaps last year, and they averaged like 5.4 yards per attempt uh, last season. The Bears were the worst in the league. They only faced RPOs on like 10%, but they gave up six yards per attempt, which is the worst in the league. So what I'm looking for is you're again you got a defense that doesn't disguise you got you got a defense that's bad and this is all based on last year because we don't know what they're going to be at this year but you had defense that was bad against rpos and also bad against getting bomb deep and so line up do you do i like an rpo look you take an rpo look and then you're, you're looking for bombs down the field and so i'm i'm almost looking like boomer bust type of stuff uh from the packers with so like their shorter stuff because i do think one of the things abraflux likes to do uh, for the bears is he likes to he doesn't like to do a whole lot with play action. He has his guys pull up slightly, but kind of sit there and then get their arms up. And they got guys with long arms in the middle. So some of the play action attacking the middle of the field stuff that may be off the menu. So we may see more of the Aaron Rodgers attacking outside the numbers, attacking RPO stuff because the bears are kind of muddy up that middle. And so that's kind of what I'm looking for this week. I think I'm going to go with the wide receiver group. Um, it's just curiosity at this point, like trying to figure out exactly how they're going to utilize these weapons, uh, seeing if these guys do make this second year jump. I mean, I think that's such an, a huge, huge aspect of how this Packers offense is going to go because we love Christian Watson. We, we love Romeo Dobbs. Like those guys are great, but 
people have struggled in their second year. Just because they did well in the first doesn't exactly mean they're going to do great in the second. And they're thrust into very important positions in this offense. And so I'm really going to be intrigued to see how they do. I want to see how Reed does, uh, hopefully in the slot. Um, you know, you've got Torre. Like, it's going to be fascinating to see where these where they plug these guys in. And who gets the nod and what in what scenarios, like who and it shows who they really, really trust. So that's gonna be fascinating to me to to really watch that kind of stuff and see where they where they align, um, where this Packers offense, where Matt LaFleur's head is at right now, because like we know, it's hopefully gonna be based a little bit more around the run, but I mean, it's not like they're just going to run the ball nine, like 100 times and never throw it. So I'm really fascinated to see what they're going to do, who Matt LaFleur trusts, and and how this offense is really going to start to flow because obviously it's going to look different week one than it's going to look in week eight. But, I, I mean, to me, this is one of the biggest factors for, for the whole season. So that's what I'll be looking for this game. Before we jump into questions from Twitter, guys, um, I'll throw this on you. We're not doing like any crazy ass things this year about like, you know, who has to do stupid stuff. But do you have a score in mind or just a winner in general, like uh, uh, what it's going to look like, what the game's going to look like on Sunday? Sarah, what, about, what are you thinking? Yeah, I'm taking Packers 21-17. Yeah, I'd go like uh, Packers 28 17 i don't think it's going to be as close as that by the end i think the packers pull away late uh a couple yeah. big plays potentially but yeah right right around that range probably i think it's going to be relatively slow pace throughout the game like there there might be bursts here and there but i don't think it's going to be a shootout i think everyone's i think packers fans and bears fans probably too a little nervous at halftime i think yeah i, I think it's gonna be pretty a pretty close game at Full halftime. panic mode from yeah, everyone yeah I think there's going to be a couple more field goals than we're hoping for from the Packers, so I'm going to go 23-17. No, I'm Packers. I'm thinking they're missing the field goals, Steve. I've got I've got missed field goals factored in the mind. Don't you worry about that, buddy. <laughs> oh damn, I pro- I factored in way too many for the Packers. You're right. Oh no, I forgot all about that. I hadn't heard Anders Carlson's name in a while, so I just figured I like, he was did you fine. say 23, Steve? So that's like a yeah. missed extra point and also a field goal. I like. Yeah. No, I went 14, so two touchdowns, okay. three field goals. Okay. Okay. And then now that you say this, I think I'm like, God, Anders Carlson making three field goals. A three for five. That's <laughs> yeah, probably three for seven is more accurate. <laughs> wide right, wide right, wide right. Yeah, seriously. Uh, okay, so let's jump in. We got a couple of good questions on Twitter, so thank you guys for doing that. First one, let's uh, – let me – Mike did have a good question. Uh, what would you call as your first offensive play call to open the season? If you had the opening script, would you favor getting love and rhythm or throwing haymakers? So, Dusty, we'll start with you. Just kind of, you are the you know the offensive guru, a little bit of of our group at least. So, we're, how would you start the season? Yeah, I mean, script is what like fifteen ish plays. I think the I think the script overall should be. Uh, ball control, get him in, uh, get him in rhythm. Kind of what we saw with the preseason. Give, give him some gimmies, feel everything out. But I think the first, first play call, haymaker baby, like just throw a big old haymaker. And again, if the Bears are not going to really disguise what they're doing, if we just take them at face value, if it's single high, you do a smash fade. That kind of the uh, that concept we saw Rogers throw Devonte a whole bunch. So the 
slot fade on the outside and you throw that sucker up the numbers. And if they're in too high, go a little Fox two X, Y hook or mills or whatever you want to call it. And you get the guy from one side, you get him pulling down that hook and then you open a nice big lane and Watson runs his deep over slash post or whatever. So I'm either way, a deep shot to Watson. We're, we're, we're giving him, I think we've talked about this here before. We're giving him a redemption shot for his, for the first play of last season, <laughs> as well as just trying to put a dagger in the hearts of the bears real, real early. So that, that'd be mine. Let's hope he catches it this time because that was the plan <laughs> last year. And I mean, that would have, oh God, that would just would have been that was, perfect. That was like the make or break point of the whole season. <laughs> it was. And it was the first play of the season. Yeah, that was tough. It's finally football season, which means it's also finally daily fantasy football season. And while I get excited to play daily fantasy every year around this time, I'm even more excited this year because I'll be using prize picks for all my daily fantasy selections. Prize picks is really simple to play. You can make picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. Even better, they offer ultra quick withdrawals to make all your transactions super fast and easy. Also keep an eye out for weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts. My favorite, Taco Tuesday. Each Tuesday, prize picks discounts select player projections up to 25% to provide even more value. Before football season ramps up, I've been using prize picks for my MLB and college football picks as I prep for a season of winning in daily fantasy football. The experience has been amazing and it's increased my daily enjoyment of watching Brewers and Badger games. Now, it's time to get some Jordan Love entries in prior to this weekend's game. The great thing for me is that they offer Apple Pay, which makes depositing money into my account so incredibly easy. So what are you waiting for? Join me on Prize Picks by going to prizepickscom packaday and use code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepickscom packaday using code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Hello friends. As many of you know, a few years back, the Milwaukee Bucks were in the NBA finals and I desperately wanted to go to game six in Milwaukee to see them win the championship. As you can imagine, prices were insane and I kept going back and forth with different apps to try and find the cheapest tickets possible. I finally found them, clicked purchase, and of course they were gone. Goodbye game six of the NBA finals. Now, thankfully the day of the game, I was able to find a ticket, but the entire thing was so expensive and way too stressful. I really wish I could have simply used game time to alleviate all of the stress and all of the hassle. I've started using game time app for purchasing all of my tickets, and I wish I would have done so sooner. From low prices to easy to find tickets to last minute ticket deals, the game time app is perfect for all of my ticket needs. Game time is the place for last minute ticket deals. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and so much more. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code PACKADAY for $20 off your first purchase. That's code P-A-C-K-A-D-A-Y. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code PACKADAY for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. We made it. It's officially football season, which means it's the best time of the year, but also it means that I'm going to be really freaking busy. If you're like me and your busy fall season is already in full swing, you might be looking for some wholesome, convenient meals for jam-packed days. 
Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, can help you fuel up fast with chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle. Factor lets you level up with Gourmet Plus options prepared to perfection by chefs and ready to eat in record time. Treat yourself to upscale meals with premium ingredients like broccolini, leeks, truffle butter, and asparagus. Personally, I'm trying to eat healthier, so their calorie-conscious options are perfect for my meal plan. They have delicious, dietitian approved calorie-smart meals with around or less than 550 calories per serving. Best of all, with Factor, you can rest assured you're making a sustainable choice. They offset 100% of their delivery emissions, source 100% renewable electricity for their production sites and offices, and feature sustainably sourced seafood in their meals. This September, get Factor and enjoy eating well without hassle. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered directly to your door, ready in just two minutes, no prep, no mess. Head to factormeals.com slash packaday50 and use code packaday50 to get 50% off. That's code packaday50 at factormeals.com slash packaday50 to get 50% off. I'm kind of feeling the opposite of this. I think that you want to get love in rhythm. I, I don't know. I'm a little nervous about him throwing haymakers right off the bat, but um, you know, if he did it, I would absolutely be here for it. But if you know, I'm Matt LaFleur and I'm putting myself in his shoes and kind of guessing what he's going to do. I think the Packers, as they usually do, are going to take a really conservative approach to this and just kind of start things off slow, make sure he's comfortable. And then out of nowhere, if, you know, launch went downfield and um, either Watson or Dobbs or, and just go from there. Uh, so, I, you know, I, I definitely see a scenario where both happen, but I'm leaning towards more just getting him in rhythm, make sure he's comfortable. You know, it is if it was in Green Bay, I would say just chuck it down there and you know Watson's down there somewhere let's just hope for it um but considering that it is a way and you know it's a tough environment to play the rivalry I think they might just try to try to get in rhythm first um I think I'm gonna go with everybody's favorite play in the world let's do a halfback draw man like No, 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 no. Uh, my vision is to utilize uh, a little deception right away. And that's going to be sending Christian Watson on a go route. That's going to be play action fake to Aaron Jones. And then it's going to be a post corner to Luke Musgrave, who I really think can take advantage of some of those linebackers. Like they have been hammering that guy. Like they want him to be tight end one. They want him to be that weapon. So, I really think that they're going to try to to make that a point from the beginning. So that was that would be what I would do. Uh, next question we've got Parker Eaves. What is one position group that is going to overperform your expectations, and one position group that is going to underperform your underperform this year? So Dusty, let's start with you. Overperform. Uh, I think defensive line, and I think I just my expectations are so low for them <laughs> over all the years of just having like it's Kenny Clark and a bunch of dudes. Uh, so I mean they've sh- they've had some guys show out in preseason. I think Wooden and Brooks look really good. Uh, Devontae Wyatt, uh, we didn't see in the preseason. We heard a lot during training camp. Do you expect to make a little jump here? T.J. Slayton has looked good. So I think they actually could be good. I just refuse to let myself believe it because I've talked myself into this for too many years now. So I, I think my expectations for them are so low that they can't do anything but be better. That is my hope, is that they are better than what I expect them to be. What's their, What's the over-under? Five yards over-under for Terry for the year. 
Brother, I'm gonna have to take under uh, just for my sanity. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. I like it. Four point nine, and they give a me like a choice. Point eight or bold something. Choice. You know? Four point nine nine. Then yeah, then seriously, just 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 right underneath, and then. Um, <laughs> Underperform, I think wide receivers. I think just because I have hyped myself up on them so much. And Steve, for a lot of the things you said, I mean, these guys do their unproven, have an injury history or are injured. I mean, Dobbs is injured. I think he's questionable week one. Watson has a long injury history. Reed is a rookie. Musgraves a rookie. Um, so I mean that's I guess the tight end kind of fits into that as well as just the receiving yeah. group. There's I'm I'm so hyped for the speed, the diversity, the stuff they could run out there, uh, while knowing Listen, this is probably going to look real, real bumpy early on, and hopefully by the end of the year they'll kind of catch a rhythm here. Uh, but I've I've talked myself into them so much uh, that I'm way too high on them. But I know in the back of my mind that it's that's not going to be smooth out the gate. For me, it's, I'll start with underperforming. I'm a little worried about the offensive line. Everyone is is hyping them up, similar to what you said, Dusty, and you know I feel really good about it. And because I feel really good about the offensive line, that's why yeah. I'm afraid I'm going to get hurt. <laughs> I'm deeply afraid that I'm going to get hurt. I hope that I'm wrong. Um, but this is an area that I think, you know, it, it's giving me the same vibes of Packers defense. We've changed and we're better and we promise we're going to be really good. And I'm like, are you? I really hope that everything I'm reading is true. I definitely feel more confident about the line than I do the defense as a whole. But that, that's one that, you know, I think they're, it, it could be surprising, might be a hot take, but it could be surprising. And then overperform, I think the running backs. I, you know, I talked about it earlier. I'm really curious to see, you know, what they do this year. I think that they're definitely going to be more run heavy than maybe we have seen and that they're really going to lean on A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones. So curious kind of what happens there, what their role is, uh, as I mentioned before. Uh, so those are my two. I will say the the position group I expect to overperform it's actually going to be quarterback because right now I expect Jordan Love to be middle. Or uh, sorry, as the kids say, mid. I expect him to be mid. <laughs> oh no! Yes. I didn't like. Yes. I didn't like hearing you say that. I. It just. It <laughs> yeah. felt so unnatural coming out of his it mouth. It didn't feel good. <laughs> I didn't like it. I really. I mean, he, didn't as like he it was at all. as he was revving up, I was preparing myself, and I still was not quite ready. Yeah, as for soon it. as he was like, <laughs> as the kids say, I was like, don't, don't do don't it, do <laughs> it. Don't, don't. don't do it. Oh, he did it. <laughs> You're too old for this. Don't say it. Don't say it. <laughs> Uh, no, honestly, like I expect, I expect him to be average right now. That's my expectation. I don't expect him to be great. I don't expect him to be horrible, but somewhere right in the middle. So if he's, if I, if he's going to do some, some really cool stuff, then there's, there's definitely room for him. Like that's, that's kind of the way that I look at it. Like the expectation right now from me is middle of the road. And so He's got the capability to do some really good stuff. He's got the weapons to do some really good stuff. If he utilizes Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon, Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, Musgrave, like Kraft, like it's all there in front of him if he can put it all together. So that's who I'm maybe it's hoping overperforms <laughs> than expecting to overperform. But um, based on the expectations, that's kind of what I'm saying. And then underperform, much as I hate to say it, is the defensive line. Um, it, it's one of those like I, I even quote tweeted like Kenny Clark today. I'm like I'm ready for my for my heart to be broken again. Like because that's exactly what's gonna happen. Like that they're they're gonna this something's gonna happen. They're gonna allow seven point five yards per carry, and my heart's gonna be broken. So um, that would be my expectation. Next question, Andy Monday. 
all Packers fans should be hoping that our former number 12 plays 65% of his snaps or of the snaps this season. Coincidence that Lambeau Field's address is 1265 Lombardi Avenue. Uh, that is not a coincidence, Andy. That was, that was a, a, purely the reason they built that into the trade was, was for 1265. <laughs> That's a Taylor Swift level Easter egg of like, hey, we're we're working this this deal and we're gonna make sure it's twelve sixty five because that's our home. That's our. And house. I've never, yeah. I have never seen anybody mention this. Have you guys seen this at all? I ever? haven't either. No. no. So no. kudos to Andy for the originality because that is a that is a very good one. Um, and then he comes with a, a food question because you guys know we love that. Any non traditional sandwich toppings? Mine are chips on burgers and hummus on meat. Slash cheese sandwiches. Sarah, I know you had this one ready to go. So let's hear your weird ass food combinations. Well, I was actually going to just say agree, basically, that those are two of mine that are delicious. Um, mm-hmm. So in, when I was in college and I had to eat at the dining hall, obviously the food is horrible at the dining hall, even though they try to say, oh, it's great. You know, it, it's good for about the first two weeks of school. And then after that, you get the real dining hall food. Um so they had a deli and that was often what I got because it was about the best thing you could get. It was fresh. And um, because I was starving, because I wasn't eating anything else, I was like, just put everything on there, you know, put turkey, cheese, slap some hummus on there too. Like that'll fill me up and it'll be great. And it ended up being delicious. And it's something that I still do to this day. It's not a ton of hummus, but basically instead of, you know, mustard, mayo, whatever you put on your sandwich, you put a light spread. So I, I've done it with roasted red pepper hummus. It adds, you know, a little kick to the sandwich. Nice, nice and creamy. I do it on wraps more than a sandwich with just, you know, white or wheat, whatever bread you use. Um, and then I don't really do chips on burgers, but I have done chips on my sandwiches for years. Uh, Fritos is my top choice, but I'll also do Doritos, Cheetos. And this was something that I've done since elementary school. And I, my mom, this is a, this is you know, genetic. My mom actually has done this <laughs> her whole life, and as a kid, introduced me to it. So at school, I you know she'd make me a salami sandwich or a turkey sandwich, whatever, and throw it in my lunchbox, and I'd open it up at the in the lunchroom, and I'd throw my chips on it. And I remember whoever was at my lunch table was like, "What are you doing?" And I'm like, "No, trust <laughs> the crunch is perfect." Um, so that is just, those are just, you know, unreal combos. Um, I can't think of anything else that's super weird that I eat, but those are, are two of mine, the hummus and meat and cheese. I didn't realize that other people did that. So I, I'm kind of glad that I'm not alone in that battle. Yeah, I'll do. I don't think it's weird. Um, I eat like the same things over and over again at this point and very rarely sandwiches. But what I'll say is if I'm doing a burger on the grill, uh, I will have either one of two things. I'll either smoke some pork and put some pulled pork on top of that burger, or I will always have on hand uh, B-dubs spicy garlic sauce and put some spicy garlic sauce on the burger and then put some chips. Usually I'm just, I'm straight like Lay's, like original Lay's guy to put on top of the burger and you smash it. And that's mine. So it's either pulled pork or spicy garlic sauce is, is usually what I'm going with for a burger. You know, throw some other stuff on there as well. Jalapeno pepper, stuff like that. But that's that's I usually like to have one of those two things to kind of just really help top it off. Um, I will say just be you, you mentioned that. But um, I was in South Dakota and had a smoked brisket burger. 
Ooh, all right. All right Holy that God. sounds delicious. Double patty smoked brisket burger with um with the crunchy like uh onion, like fried onions. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh my god. Like that was like one of the most amazing things I've ever South had. Dakota, that was Dakota, you say. How quickly can I get Sprockets. Sprockets in South Dakota. <laughs> yes. Um but Sarah, I will agree with you. Like the chips on the, the sandwich is the way to go. Mine was always the and it actually in the RV on this trip, I introduced my son to this because we we were doing peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And so I took out a bag of just the original Lay's and I put those on with the peanut butter and jelly. And he looks at me <laughs> like the kids at your table. He's like, what are you doing? And I was like, dude, you got to try this. And so he took one bite of mine and he goes, do we have more of those chips? <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, we uh, um, immediately added those to his sandwich, and uh, I think he's probably hooked from now on. So, All right, we got uh, one more question, and this one comes from Ed Stack. As a Packers fan, I worry about QB keepers by fields. Could be the difference in the game. What approach should the Packers defense take to contain the Chicago quarterback? Food, what city have you visited or lived in that has the best food scene and why? Uh, let's see. Who should we start? Dusty, let's start with you on this one. What do they do about Justin Fields? A couple of different ways you can go about it. I mean, some of those are, are schematics. So like the one of the ones I'll throw out would be like the something they've ruled out in the past would be heavy use of penny package, which could actually work for this. And so penny would be, uh, say, nickel except you take one linebacker off the field and replace him with the with the defensive lineman. So it's basically five defensive linemen, one linebacker, and then you've got your DBs in the back end. And what that will do, uh, you kind of combine that with mixing up coverages a little on the back, confusing, bring some sim pressure. So what you're trying to do with that is basically those five linemen up at the line, you're muddying the the running lanes. You're getting you're getting pushed, you're you've got those bodies, you're not you're not trying to get into the backfield. You're just trying to you're trying to take up those gaps. And so if they are trying to run fields does not really have a good place to run. And then you have Quay Walker behind him, which I think Campbell's status last I saw, I don't know if that's still up in the air for week one anyway. So going with the one linebacker approach might be smart just from that perspective anyway. So you're muddying up the run lanes. You're making it a little confusing on the back end. So if he is pulling it and throwing it, he's got to take an extra beat to kind of look to see where everyone is and think about it because the pictures change on him, but you're muddy in that front. So he doesn't have clear lanes to run through. This is all dependent on, your guys up front actually like doing what they're supposed to do and taking up those lanes. But the biggest thing, the biggest thing is just play. Uh, this is very, very easy <laughs> to, to say, but it's playing disciplined football. Everyone playing gap sound football, assignment football. No one it, with that stuff. You have to stay disciplined because one guy out of a gap and suddenly fields is 60 yards down the field. I mean, he's not the most accurate quarterback from what we've seen, but I mean, last year put up historic QB rushing numbers. He's big, he's fast. And if he gets in the open field, he's out running pretty much anyone. So it's really just, everyone needs to be doing their job. I, I like I said, you muddy up the picture and then just have everyone back there, whether that's a safety feeling, whether that's Quay Walker, no one's jumping gaps. You're not saying, well, I thought I saw something here. So I'm going to jump over here and try to no, Cause then he's going to cut back on you. And now you're dead. So it's really just playing assignment. Sure football <laughs> while muddying up the front there. So that's what I'm, that, that's what I'd be doing. I can go further down that road, but I don't want to right now, but that, that's, that's the general overview of what I'd be looking at. And uh city, what a city of a visitor lived in. I will say some of the bigger cities like New York or Chicago, I went to when I was younger and didn't have a ton of time to kind of dig into the food scene. So maybe those are good. Those probably are good. I don't know. They're big cities. There's a lot to offer for me. I think 
Portland, Oregon is really, really hard to beat. Um, I used to go out there quite a bit for work and this, the office building is right downtown and right close to there is basically a block of food trucks, just stationary food trucks, all essentially like either one city block or half a city block or whatever, any kind of food you want is there just it was within walking distance to the offense. That's the other thing. It's a really walkable city. So you can walk down there. They had a whole there was a, like a tremendous breakfast restaurant down the street that had like what the best breakfast notches I've ever had in my life. So very walkable city, tons of restaurants, tons Sorry, of bars. Did, did you say breakfast nachos? Breakfast nachos. What the hell are exactly bre- I have never heard of breakfast? What is kind of like uh, like like hash browns? Um with, yeah, with they're fire sausage and stuff, Steve. Like, do you I get tortilla believe- chips or no? It's not tortilla chips. I can't believe we haven't talked about this before. With the no, local- no, it's basically like hash browns instead mm-hmm. of like shredded hash browns instead of tortilla chips, and then yeah. eggs, bacon, sausage, whatever. You know, cause a lot yeah. of times there's green onions, Incredible. peppers, things like that, and then Damn. sauces could be ketchup if you like ketchup. I've I've uh-huh. even seen like hot no, honey no. on the top. Um, I could do ketchup on top of eggs, but yeah, no, I need some hot sauce. I need some hot sauce. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's so good. I think that place called Mothers or something. There's a place down there that had a schnitzel witch. They had some of the best street tacos I've ever had. So for my money, Portland, Oregon's tough to beat. I'll also throw, uh, just as an added bonus, uh, Portland, Maine, the other Portland. One of my okay. favorite places I've ever vis- visited. The seafood's insane. They had food trucks with lobster rolls. It was just fresh lobster on them. Uh, tons of places to eat and drink. Best blueberry pie I've ever had. So I will put that. I think that the... the it was less varied in Portland, Maine, but the city itself was better. And the, and the food, the, if you're into seafood, the seafood there was insane. So those would be mine. And I'll give a short answer to, you know, how can the Packers defense contain Justin Fields? Just don't miss tackles, please. For the love of God, please. Just, just when you get the opportunity, <laughs> tackle him. If I have to see, I feel like, recently Bailey and I watched a bunch of the NFL top 100 clips. You know, they, they put them all on YouTube. They always talk about the players and every single time there was a mobile quarterback and they showed, Oh, he could use his feet too. And it shows clips of the running. It's just highlights of them juking the Packers defense over and over again. I mean, it happens so many times. And we, we were like, are you serious? Again, the Packer Josh Allen, I think Joe Burrow was in it. There was multiple where it, we would just look at each other like, oh, my God, it keeps happening. So please, just tackle the guy when you get the chance. That's all I ask. Not even in week one, but all season long. Um and then, a pretty big ass, sir. Yeah, I know. I know. But my God, if I have to watch the NFL 100 videos and there's more missed tackles from the Packers, I, I'm going to lose it. I'm going to lose it. Um, what city have I visited recently um, has the best food scene? I, I believe I talked about this multiple times, but Athens, Georgia. Uh, visited my friend who was in grad school there and the food. I mean, every single place we went to was unbelievable. Uh, clocked specifically it's a burger place bomb so good they had these homemade tater tots and i had homemade ranch with them oh they were so good um so clocked was my favorite but we also had good peruvian food good mexican food i mean every food you could think of my friend and i that drove up together and and visited our other friend on the way back we were shocked we were like we did not expect the food to 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 be like that um so was very very good 
Um, and I don't know if I'll ever be back in Athens, Georgia, but I, I kind of want to just for the food because it was delicious. I bet their cheesecake factory was just next level. <laughs> those, those fried macaroni <laughs> bites, Steve, no, they're different from the other places. They're so good. I hate you guys. <laughs> I gave a real answer. You, you did. This is, you, it was great. It was great. Uh, and I, I still had to do it. The worst like, part is like I was giving the answer and feeling good. Like, oh, yeah, this is, you know, maybe somebody's going to be in Georgia. It's college football season. They can go to Clock or any of these other places. And I just knowing that Steve was sitting there like, hee, 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 hee. As soon as she's done, I'm going to like make this comment and be so funny. It just kills me. It really does. Well, oh. so for, for breakfast, Sarah, how are the Apple Jacks? Were the Apple Jacks they taste better? <laughs> no, dude, Lucky Charms, they got they got marshmallows in them. Okay, just the marshmallows only. Yeah, man, tremendous. Tremendous. <laughs> For those listening right now, Sarah's slumped over in her chair. Like, just literally going, God, why do I do this every week? I want to go home. I don't want to be here anymore. Steve, wasn't your vacation supposed to be a little longer? Yeah. Go away. <laughs> it was so nice when you weren't here. I literally, at the beginning of this episode, said, Oh, I'm so glad all three of us are back. I regret everything. <laughs> Uh, I think Dusty kind of covered the best way for Justin Fields is don't go out of your assignment. Like that's one thing bad things happen is when you try to do more than you're supposed to do. The whole thing about the defense is they have their whole, everybody's got their assignment. And if you do what you're supposed to do, nothing bad's going to happen. But when you try to overextend or, you know, jump into a spot you're not supposed to be, he's going to take advantage of that. He's probably not going to make the throw that takes advantage of that, but he can use his legs to absolutely make people miss and take advantage of mistakes. So, yeah, I I mean, I guess to me, like, yeah, you have to expect it. Like, there's going to be a big play. There's going to be a time you make somebody miss. It's just going to happen. He's that talented of a runner. It's just if you can limit his throwing ability and and limit him to like one or two big plays with his legs, then I think you're really gonna have a good shot at winning the game. So, and then city that I have visited or lived in that has the best food scene and why, um, it's not very accessible to a lot of people, but uh, Seoul, South Korea, was unbelievable. There's just every single type of food you can think of is there. There. You know, Asian food is really, really great. Um, you know, I, I, it was just one of those things that now that I look back at it, it's like, God, like, I wish I could have good Korean food over here. And it just, it's not really the, not really the case. Um, but yeah, that was one of my favorite places to live because anywhere I would go is always just great food, like small restaurants. They had so many street carts and street food everywhere. Um, it was always just, I'd have friends take me to places and experience new foods all the time. So it was really, really cool. So that would be my, my answer, but guys, that is uh, going to do it for us. Sarah, do you want to start us off with your final thoughts and you feel free to yell at us if you need to, but no, I'm not going to yell at you. I won't, I won't make any bad comments after your, after this. Mm. Is yeah, I'll, I'll, I yeah. slightly promise. I'm kind of crossing my fingers because yeah, know I have a feeling that. I can't see you know <laughs> b- below like your neck, so you're probably crossing <laughs> your fingers, legs, and toes, and I just can't see it. Um, but no, I'll, my final thought is I'll answer a question that we got uh, from a second question from from Andy Monday, um, and you know they asked, "Will Sarah be writing Packers 
game reviews for She Said TV this season. And then very nice compliment about the way that I wrote the articles um, and that they taught their middle schoolers to write in similar ways. So first of all, shout out because teachers rock. So especially middle school teachers, that's a lot. So good for you, Andy. uh, And shout out to you and all the other teachers out there. Um, I will not be writing Packers game reviews for She Said TV this season. That's not that's my choice. I, I, I'm not back yet. Um, and I don't know if I will be, I'm still pursuing the, uh, professional credential that, um, I have been for a while. It's, it's a long process. It takes about a year or two. Um, and that's sort of my priority right now. Um, and I need, you know, the hours back that I spent writing game recaps and watching the game fully, um, to study and, and do work for that. Um, you know, I'd love to one day uh, be able to return in some capacity um, if they'd have me back, if we could make something work. Um, but it just still is not working for my schedule, so I won't be writing for them. Um, but always following and supporting them. Uh, great crew of people over there. And it's actually a, if you know, if you miss this, if you're living under a rock, you know, they're full-time business now, which is super cool and couldn't be happier for the crew over there. They, they, they're the reason why I'm here and while I'm talking on this podcast, um, they, you know, introduced me to, to everybody I know in the Packers verse to Andy, who then introduced me to Dusty and Steve. So, um, you know, nothing but love there. Um, and hopefully one day there, there can be a, a sweet reunion. And I'm just not sure what, when that will be, um, or in, and in what capacity. Um, but we'll see, hopefully I can revisit once I, uh, add three letters to the end of my name with a credential, um, in about a year. Yeah, and for me, nothing really. Getting ready for the season. I'll have stuff going up next week. Um, a bit, my big thing coming up this season that I'm very excited about is I'm going to be doing a weekly film breakdown video session for Cheesehead TV with John Kuhn, which I'm very, very thrilled about. We're actually uh, today, we're going to be doing kind of our, our trial run, go through a couple of plays that's never going to see the light today and just kind of feel stuff out. Then I'll be up on Cheesehead weekly uh, the week after. So it's one more thing I'm kind of adding. I'm doing the film stuff anyway, and I'm. I mean, excited to learn uh, as much as I can from him. So that's something I'm, I'm just absolutely thrilled about. So it'll be starting next week. I'm very excited about that. All right, Sarah, over under on when Dusty leaves us for something way cooler. Uh, what do you think? Like next season? By next season? Because, I mean, now he's hanging out with – now he's now he's doing film oh, breakdown with players. No cooler than you. Yeah, this might that's, be the, the last ride. Is this true. the last dance? <laughs> Steve, if I post my Instagram story, will you post on yours too? <laughs> uh, well, number one, I don't have an Instagram, so I can't do that. Uh, but we can do it on Twitter, right? We can do it on Twitter. We can make yeah. that work on Twitter. <laughs> we, we should do it just to free people out that didn't listen to the episode. And we should post it and be like, last dance without Dusty. We don't say anything to Andy. And Andy's like, what the hell is happening? I just asked everyone if they were good for the season. And you all said yes. <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, congratulations. That's super cool. Like when I when you sent that out. Uh, to me and Sarah, just kind of breaking that like that was that's awesome. Like that's so so unbelievably cool and very well deserved. Um, I think one of the big things for me, I found out that um, I've done 200 episodes now with Packaday Podcast, well, which is crazy. really cool. Um, yeah, never and I, I put out a tweet like never in my wildest dreams that I think replying to a random ass tweet from some dude named Andy Herman that I didn't know on Twitter would result in this becoming like really good friends with both of you guys and talking about the Packers every week for 
four years. Like that's crazy. That's crazy. So thank you guys for listening. I, I, I appreciate it so much. I know, I know they do too. So make sure you guys continue to follow us on Twitter. That's at Sarah Kelleher four at dusty Evely at Steve Perhatch and at pack a podcast. We will be back next week, hopefully breaking down a Packers win and breaking down the, the next, the, the next game for the Packers. So, um, We will talk to you guys next week, and as always, Go Pack Go!